Yes, yep. I take this morning. Um, I'm going to uh, use my computer. I, 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 we had the ladies event at our house, so I normally print out my uh, message on the as far as my notes to preach from. I normally print those out and uh, in the night so I can make sure that everything is working. And uh, I didn't get a chance last night, so this morning I got up and pushed print. And uh, my printer said there's a jam in, in tray two. So I opened up tray two and there's nothing in there. I turned the computer up, I mean the computer, the printer upside down and I shook it. I looked, I opened every door that I knew there was and it kept saying uh, error, there, there's a jam. So either, so one of us is deceived. I don't know if it's, anyway, I couldn't, I could let me put it that way. I couldn't see a jam and it thinks there is one. So um, I might be, putting a printer on eBay soon. I don't know what's going to happen, but we'll see. But um, I, we're, I'm so excited about life groups. I'm glad we're preparing for them and we're getting the leaders in place. And, and uh, it's just so important that we have connection in church. It can, church isn't just about Sunday morning. This, as a matter of fact, is probably the the, it, it's a great gathering and we want the presence of God and we want to encounter God. There's three things that we want to do. We want to, we want to hear from God. We want to encounter him. We want him to change us. It's in his presence that we're changed. We also want to hear the word of God and lay foundations in our lives. And then we want to pray for one another. And, and uh, through prayer, uh, God changes things and, and he moves in that way. He, he lets us participate in prayer. We partner with him in prayer and we begin to pray for his will to be done on earth and things begin to happen, amazing things. So, so that's what we want to do. But then in small groups is where we grow and we develop lasting friendships that uh, and a really a love for one another and also we begin to have more application so you know you have a teaching on on uh, from the pulpit on uh, uh, forgiveness but in a small group you can open your heart and say you know I'm really having a hard time forgiving uh, you know my, my father or my mother or uh, this person at work that cheated me or, you know, something. And then we can pray together and stand together and see the word of God made flesh. Actually, the word of God becomes a part of us. And that's when our lives are tra transformed and we see his amazing grace. So today, um, it, it, this is a standalone kind of a message, but I, I've been really praying about, you know, what does God want to speak to us? And, and uh, it's been a, a, a good... Uh, a good time. The, remember last week, uh, Pastor Robin shared uh, the work of God is to believe. You know, that, that uh, through the New Testament and actually through the Old, uh, what was so important is faith. It's faith. And uh, it's, it's believing God at his word. It's, it's understanding God at his, his word. Uh, it, when we don't believe God, we, we really doubt his character and and his promises, and and it grieves his heart as a father. Uh, I, for for folks that are new, I'm going to share this story. It's an old story, but when my daughter Hannah was little, Hannah was uh, oh I don't know what age she she was that big, and uh, we we had in our kitchen we had a, a a stove that was in the wall, and we always kept 
the crackers and chips and cookies above the oven because that's where they stay dry and, and crisp. So my daughter came in and said, Daddy, I want a cookie. It was in the afternoon, so I opened up the, well, I, I told her, honey, I didn't open it up. I just, first of all, she said, I want a cookie. I said, I said honey, they're all gone. And she said, she said, uh, I want to see. And that was offensive to me. And not only was it offensive, it sort of grieved me. I said, Daddy would not lie to you. Daddy ate the last one. I said, I'll get some more, but there aren't any up there. I want to see for myself. And so I got a chair. This absolutely true story. Got a chair. She got on the chair. She opened up the cabinet, looked in and said, there's no cookies in here. She was shocked that I told her the truth. And, 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 and I remember, uh, you know, and then she ran out to play and I started to complain to God. I said, Lord, I cannot believe that my daughter doesn't, doesn't trust me. And he's looked and I heard his voice suddenly. He said, you don't trust me sometimes. You do that, so you do it to me. And I said, I am so sorry, Lord. I, I, you know, please forgive me. Uh, Believing is so important, and, and, uh, and, and we're going to talk a little bit now today about hearing. And so I, the, the title that the Lord really put on my heart today, and I've never heard a message entitled this, but it's, it's listening prayer. Listening prayer. And when we say the word listening prayer, um, that word right there it tends to be an oxymoron to us because we, we don't think of prayer and listening in the same, in the same breath. We, we think of prayer as talking to God. We think of, of prayer as bringing our request before the Lord and, or, or begging God or pleading God. I was with somebody recently and they said, I made a deal with God. I don't know if he did. I don't know if he signed on the dotted line, but they believe they made a deal and they said, this is how my deal works. And, and this is what he's going to do. Cause I'm going to do this. And, uh, <clears throat> so we think of prayer as, as, uh, not so much dialogue with God, but monologue as we tell our, our request and our heart to him. Oxymorons are funny. Uh, I, I, I wrote a few down, uh, this week, uh, I heard a guy say one time on TV, he said, I was clearly misunderstood, you know, and that's just uh, a crash landing is always a uh, either land or you crash. But anyway, I saw a guy speaking on TV. He was a devout atheist. So, I'm a dev so you are devoutly believing in nothing. Uh, this is for Corey when he goes out to, to, uh, to sports. He likes the sports and odds and different things. So the even odds, um, <laughs> that's no odds at all. But anyway, and then I had a guy come by one time to, to mow my lawn. He said, I want to give you an exact estimate. <laughs> Growing smaller, guest host. Are you a host or a guest anyway? But Marla was a wonderful guest host last night. And yeah, she did an awesome job. And we loved having all you ladies over and uh, we are, we'll, it, we'll recover. And uh, it was, but it was a blast. It really was a joy. Um, and then lastly, Jumbo Shrimp is the one that I always wonder about. But I know what I need to do. I need to flip this one too. So I've got a mouse and a 
pointer here. All right. So here's what I want to talk about today, about listening prayer. Listening prayer, it, it's, it, it's part of prayer. Prayer is a dialogue between you and God. You can share your heart. You can bring your complaint before the Lord. Um, you, can, you can pour out your heart to the Lord and bring your complaint and, and he will hear your, your heart. But he also wants to speak. And he wants to speak into your heart and it'll change your life. When you hear the word of the Lord, it, it, it comes with power. He, he, it's not just words, empty words, but it comes with power in itself, power to fulfill itself. When God said, let there be light, within his word was creative power, power to fulfill it. When God speaks something over you, there's with it innately is, is the power to, to change you. There's power within it. Jesus said it this way to his disciples. He said, in my, my word in John, he said, is spirit and life. There's some kind of power within it, spiritual power, and it brings life. It always brings life and, 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 and fruitfulness. When you think of life, think of a fruitful marriage, a fruitful relationship with your children, a fruitful um, uh, encounter with others, a fruitful, uh, purposeful life. So with his words, our spirit and, and life. So in Deuteronomy, uh, God took Israel through the wilderness and he was trying to teach them this principle. He wanted them to not be self-reliant, but learn how to live by the words that he speaks. Because again, his words are instructive, informative, and they have life in them. And so he said this, he says in Deuteronomy chapter eight, he said, so he humbled you. The father humbled us. And again, it's not humiliate, God loves us. It's humbling us, simply moving us from self-reliance to dependence upon him, but then we co-labor with him and it's an interdependence with him. So he humbled us, allowed, he allowed you to go hungry and he fed you with manna, uh, which you did not know, uh, nor did your fathers know. It was a supernatural bread that was there in the mornings. It was the most amazing thing. I won't go into that, but the Bible is full of incredible stories. And, uh, he, he, he gave them this manna, uh, and uh, on, on the day before the Sabbath, he put preservatives in it. It lasted an extra day, so they didn't have to gather it, and it went on. So it was amazing how God works. Anyway, that he might know, but, but what he wanted to teach him is that man would know uh, not to live by bread alone, that we don't live by bread alone. We need bread, we live by it, uh, but we also want to live and learn to live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You know, how does this make a difference? Well, it, it makes a difference when, like when I got married and I said, Lord, I have no idea how to be a husband. And I got on my knees and I said, but you know what it's like to be a father. Would you, and a husband, and would you teach me how to be a husband? And then I got on my knees when I had my first child. It was scary. I, I'd never had a child. You know, I, 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 I played football. I fumbled the ball a couple of times. I thought, I might drop this baby. I don't know what's gonna happen. Um, I, you know, I had no idea, uh, and, and uh, it was scary, and I got on my knees, and I said, Lord, you've been a father for all eternity. Matter of fact, you're the ancient of days, and, and you've, you're, a, you're the eternal father, and so would you teach me how to be a father? And, and in, the, in that, it wasn't just a request, but if you're asking somebody to teach you, you need to hear their instructions, and you get it from the Bible, of course, and, but you also get it from the Holy Spirit. 
See, the Holy Spirit, you, you need to read the word and you put the word into your heart, but then you also need the Holy Spirit to bring up the word in your heart. You know, the reason why you don't fish in a fishing pond, the reason why you don't fish in a swimming pool is because there's no fish in there, right? You fish in a pond that's stocked. Well, your heart needs to be stocked with the word of God so the Holy Spirit can pull up the right word. Does that make sense? That's how it works. I, and he will, if you have that, if you stock your heart with the word, then he can pull it up. I was in England one time on a mission trip and I was staying in this big home it, uh, that uh, was Lord Snowden's or somebody and uh, Lord Snowden went bankrupt and it was sold to the mission uh, field and uh, mission group, uh, Youth with a Mission and we were living in this house together and uh, minister in, in churches in London and, and it had a grand entrance and so had a bunch of rooms. We were upstairs and I was coming downstairs early in the morning to get breakfast. Uh, I love the, the breakfast that they would serve there, scones and everything. That, we just, uh, it was great. So, we're, so I'm coming down, I'm just dreaming of scones and thanking the Lord. But I come down the steps, this grand stairway, and I'm coming down, and in the entrance was the newspaper. And the newspaper wasn't the London Times. This was, they have a lot of tabloid-type papers there, and it had big print. And the big print said, it said, the most evil woman in, 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 in England was the big title. And it was like an inch, two inches, two and a half inch title in, in uh, white letters on a black background, and it said, most evil woman in England. And I saw the headlines from the top of the stairs and I said, most, I wonder what she did. And I'm going down the stairs and I'm picking up my pace and the Lord says, I hate feet that run to evil. And so I slowed down. <laughs> I did and I thought, how about, I'm just, I was curious. I said, Lord, what if I just walked to evil? And he laughed. And I said, I will not. And so I have to this day, I have no idea who the most evil woman in, in England was. But so, it, so, but why did I hear his voice? Well, I had stocked the pond and he could pull it up, but he spoke it to me. It was, he spoke it to me that moment, but it was his voice, but it was his word. So that's oftentimes how God works. So, we, so, I, I, so I want to establish this morning, we're talking about listening prayer. It's important to listen in prayer. Amen? Okay. So let's see. Let's get everything going here. Uh, so uh, why listen to God? Why should we listen? So I'm going to give you uh, five things, five reasons to listen to God. And the first is that he's a good father. He's a good, good father. And oftentimes we relate to our heavenly father the way that our earthly fathers treated us if they were absent or um, if they were despondent or if they were uh, angry. And, and so we withdraw. Sometimes we oftentimes feel like we're bothering uh, God or, 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 or are we interrupting him or, or things that we're talking about not important to him. And, and we see him from this kind of human lens. But I want to tell you that God, don't look at him from the human lens. He is good all the time. He's for you. If he would die on the cross for you, he gave, God the Father gave his son to die on your behalf so that you might be joined to him in a relationship, a, a loving relationship. If he gave his son, he's not gonna hold back anything that, that you need for life and godliness. 
that you need for success in life, that you need for an abundant life, that you need for a victorious life, that you need for a, a joyful life. He, he wants to bless you because he wants you to be a blessing. He, he, he wants people to say, that's my son, that's my daughter. And they have a relationship with me and they walk with me and you can see the fruit in their lives, in their marriage, in their kids. You can see that fruit. And so I just want you to know that he's your father. Look at this verse, just a quick verse about this. John 20, 17 says, Jesus said to her, and this is right after his, his resurrection. And uh, this is Mary Magdalene. She's in the garden. Jesus appears and she, she hugs him because he's, he's risen. He realizes, she realizes that the savior, the, the one who died is now alive. And she can have a relationship with him. And so she holds on to him. He said, well, hey, listen, you know, you need to let go of me because I've got to go. I've got to, I've got to go up to heaven first and then I'll be back, hang out with you guys for 40 days and then I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. But you can hold on to me for a while, but I'm, I'm getting ready to leave. And so, and, and here's what he says to her. He says, but listen, something has changed since of my death. I, since my death, I'm going to my father and your father. He's your father now. I've made a way for him to become your father. And you can relate to him through me and through my righteousness. I've made you acceptable. He's now your father. So the reason why you go to the Lord is because he's a good father. The second thing is he understands you. And this is so important. He understands you. I'm glad we go to a God that that. Even before we ask, he knows. And he truly can relate to us. And he understands our situation. Sometimes we don't understand when people ask us, our kids. You know, sometimes I didn't, I, I, I didn't always understand. I remember my, one of my kids came home. My pet turtle died. I said, we'll get another one. You know, those little ones that climb up with the, I don't think they sell them anymore, but they, they, they have this little... Uh, uh, the little plastic thing with the palm tree. Do they still sell those? Do you remember those? And little turtle climbs up and you, you handle them so much and then they, they, go, they go to turtle heaven. So anyway, we killed a turtle, killed a parakeet. We've killed a lot of animals at our house. Um, but uh, <laughs> yep, yeah, we, uh, I'll, I'll tell that story someday. Um, we, they wouldn't let us adopt a cat at SPCA because we were unfit. <laughs> we, we go down to buy, we, we went down to adopt a cat. So we find this little orange tabby cat, little kitten, wasn't a cat, hadn't turned into a cat. It was just a little tabby kitten. And I had Hannah and Ann and, oh, daddy, we want that. So we go up. I said, we'd like to adopt that one. She said, have you had other pets? I said, well, we had a parakeet. What happened to him? He, well, he died. <laughs> Her eyes got big and she said, well, um, you know, I, I just don't think this is going to be right for you. I, I said, take a chance on my family. And I put the little girls up in the front and they're like, <laughs> look cute, look cute, you know, and, they're and then she, I said, listen, I said, what happens if he doesn't get adopted? She said, you know what happened, sir? I said, then take a chance on us. <laughs> she said, no. So we get in the car and Hannah, Hannah was 11. Hannah says, we're a dysfunctional family. 
and Ann's crying. And I said, listen, kids, I, I, started, I, I started to tell the lady, I said, there's more than one way to skin a cat. But <laughs> I, I didn't say it because I thought she'd call the pet police anyway. So I was going to be in jail. But I did, as I said to the, but this is funny because we had prayed going, we had prayed about, by the way, let me back up since I wasn't going to go this way. I didn't, anyway, let me just tell you this. We, I got the kids together. We said, let's pray for the perfect pet. And so we prayed. And when we got turned down, uh, it was okay. I turned to the kids. I said, we prayed. I said, God doesn't want us to have this cat. I said, this is the will of God that God's going to bless us. And, and, and so, and I, you know, mom's allergic to cats. And, and so it's going to be either mom or the cat. And I think <laughs> mom, I said, so, so this is going to work out. So we, I said, you know, let's go, get a, let's go get a dog. So we went and got this little dachshund. He lived with us for 11 years. His name was Lucky uh, after the one and one Dalmatians. And, and, that, and that dog was the best pet. How many of you have ever been given a pet? Sometimes it's not from God, is it? Sometimes it's from Satan. We had a couple of pets given to us from Satan and we gave them back. Um, so you need, to, you, you, you need to pray about everything. And he understands. He absolutely understands. So listen to this scripture. It's out of Hebrews. And uh, I, I love this scripture because here it says, we don't have a priest who is out of touch with our reality. Jesus is the high priest. He's been through weakness and testing, experienced it all, but without sin. One day we'll all stand before the Lord. And it, there's two judgments. There's the great white throne judgment and there's the bema or the judgment seat of Christ. And when we stand, when people stand before the white throne of God and they say, well, God, you, who are you to judge me? Because you don't know what it's like to live on this earth. I was betrayed or I had a father that beat me or I was sexually abused. But God will understand everything. Because he's been through it. When he hung on the cross, he was mocked. He was betrayed. When he lived through life, he, he knew what it was like to be rejected. And so he understands. But he was without sin, and he's there to help us. So let's look at the next one. The next reason is that fact that he does care. He cares. He really cares. Uh, the scripture says um, in, in um, there's a scripture out of... Um, First uh, Peter, it says, cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. We need to cast our cares to him because he cares. There's a reason you can cast your cares because he cares about what you care about. He cares about even the smallest of details. He knows the number of hairs on your head. He knows for the ladies what color their true color is. I mean, he knows everything. So he, he, he really knows everything. For the men, he has to recount oftentimes and but he knows, and, and, and he says, because I'm that kind of loving God, cast your cares on me because I, I care for you. Um, I, I love the, the, the story, one of the stories about God caring is when uh, he, he, uh, it's out of Mark chapter 4, and it's not in the scripture on your note, uh, up on the screen, but it's when he said to his disciples, hey, he says, guys, let's go to the other side. Um, on the same day when evening came, it says, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. So what was the word of Jesus to them? Let us cross over to the other side. So let's say that together. Let us cross over to the other side. So that was his word to them, uh, to let, let us cross over. 
Then he says, um, so they're in the boat. Jesus goes to the back of the boat, gets a pillow out and falls asleep. And he's asleep in the boat. And all of a sudden a great storm comes up and the wind is rocking the boat and waves are crashing in and they start to sink. And they began to, to look back at him and he's asleep. And they think maybe he doesn't care. Let me tell you why you need a relationship with the word of God and the Holy Spirit for just a minute. Because if, if, if you just worked out of the word only, you can misapply the word. You need the Holy Spirit to show you how to apply the word. It's very important. It's always the spirit. I, I like to say it this way. Word only, you dry up. Spirit only, you blow up. Word and spirit, you grow up. God wants us to be word and spirit people. And because and so, that's how you grow up in Christ. Because can you imagine if you just had your Bible out, if the disciples had their Bible out and they said, boat, storm, sleep in the boat. Uh, through the index. Jonah. The solution when somebody is in a boat and there's a storm is to throw the guy that's in the bottom of the boat overboard. Storm will stop. They grab Jesus and they throw him overboard. That would be a mistake. So they wake him up. But when they wake him up, they say, don't you care? Because they were so worked up and so worried. And that's what we do. We get so worked up and worried. And then we say, don't you care? And he had to rebuke the storm and he called it to lie down. And, but he also had to straighten them out. And understand, I care. I care deeply. I'm just not worried. But I care. Do you know God doesn't worry? But he cares. And so what, if you have a care on your heart, maybe it's a wayward child, he cares. He loves them. And so take that. Don't worry. But take it to the Lord in prayer. All right, let's look at the next one real quick. Is number five. Uh, number four is he knows. He knows. Um, uh, I, I, I love uh, Isaiah 47. It just says that he declares the end from the beginning and from ancient times, things that are, are not yet done, saying, my counsel will stand and I will do all my pleasure. The Lord knows the beginning, the end from the beginning. And so he's not worried. He knows. And when you pray, I just want you to, to trust God, it, that, that you can trust him uh, to answer that prayer, and even if he closes a door, uh, he's got a reason for that. Yeah, there was a reason for that pet uh, cat not to be in our home. Actually, my wife really was allergic to cats, and, and uh, she was living off of Dristan. Uh, we didn't realize it until our first, we had a cat for seven years, and that one went out one night chasing women and never came back. <laughs> and, um, and, and then we had the parakeet and so forth. So, uh, uh, but, but, it's, but by not bringing another cat into the home, she didn't have to live off a of Dristan anymore. That was the drug of, at the time. And, uh, you know, God knew. And God, and God had the perfect, perfect dog for us. And what I'm saying is that when God does things, you just, you trust him because he cares. You know he cares. Uh, brother Andrew was a, a famous for, he was a Dutch brother, famous for God smuggler. Uh, he's after World War II, uh, he began to smuggle Bibles into the, the communist uh, bloc and Eastern uh, Europe uh, countries. And he used to smuggle into Germany, East Germany. One time he went through Checkpoint Charlie, he came through. 
And he had made a commitment. He understood that no matter what he did, he had to do it honestly. And if anybody asked him whether he had Bibles or not, he would tell the truth because God doesn't contradict his own laws to do his will. So you have to do his will, but do it his way. And so he went through into Eastern Europe and he said to the, uh, the guy, this first time ever happened, the guy asked him, do you have Bibles? He said, yes. And so they took all his truckload of Bibles. And he, he said, that's Lord, I don't understand that. That's the first time that ever happened. Do you, what is your plan? What are you doing? And then a year and a half later is when the wall fell and uh, there was the, uh, the flood, the gospel was able to flood into East Germany and they found out that all those Bibles that were confiscated were warehoused in East Germany. And they opened up the door, found them all and they di distributed them all. And he realized that God had just stored them for the time of great need. And he laughed, he said, and God had the communists pay for the storage. <laughs> so God has a plan. All right. And then just lastly, I keep moving here. Number five, faith comes by hearing. You know, when God speaks to you, faith comes with it. Just like a father and a father says, son, I promise. A mother says, I promise. Those promises should be kept and we need to be careful with our promises because we need to make promises that we can keep. But when we make, but we, cause we're standing in a, in a kind of a, a place of authority. But when God promises, he actually, uh, we, we tend to uh, over promise and under deliver. God never does that. He actually does the opposite. He, he under promises and over delivers. He's an amazing God. He'll blow your mind. He'll over deliver. Um, hey, we'd like a, we, we'd like a, uh, can you feed 5,000? The Lord says, sure, no problem. You got two, you got, uh, five loaves of bread, two fish, we'll do it. Does it, he ends up with 12 baskets full at the end. That's when you put something in God's hand, it, it gets better. And so faith comes. And I, I just want to tell you this when, uh, another real quick, uh, Bible story, when Peter was in the boat and Jesus said to him, come. Uh, come to me on the water. He didn't walk on the water. He actually walked on the word come. See, when Jesus said come, that gave him permission. Come. Come. He didn't teach him how to walk on the water. He didn't make the water hard. It was the supernatural word of God that he walked on. And when you respond and walk on the word of God, it'll make a difference. And then just la this, the other reason to... to, to um, that I just want to tell you that's so important that you can hear him. I want to close with these two thoughts that you can hear him. You can hear him. Uh, you can hear the Lord. Every one of us. Here's this Jesus modeled listening. Here's a scripture that uh, out of Isaiah. So Jesus modeled listening for us. Here's a scripture right out of Isaiah. He's, this is a messianic uh, scripture. It says, the Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know him to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. So how can his tongue be used for the glory of God is because he hears what God wants to say. What does God want to say to you, through you, to your spouse? What does God want to say through you, to your coworker, to your children? What is it? Well, you have to have an ear to hear, and, but God's given you that ear. And then 
your ear is awakened. And let me, this is in Leviticus and it's an Old Testament, Old Testament and the old concealed and the new revealed and the old contained and the new explained. Leviticus 8.22 says this, he then presented the other ram and this was the ram of ordination, means to be set apart for the service of God. All of us have been set apart for the service of God and Aaron and his sons laid their hands on his head. Moses slaughtered the ram and took some of the blood and put it on the earlobe of Aaron's right ear and on the thumb and on the right foot. Your ear has been sanctified, set apart to hear. Now it's the ear of your heart, it's not your physical ear, but there is an ear that has been purchased by the blood, your heart, that God will speak to if you'll listen. So I pray that those five things will, will make a difference. And, we, we won't show the, the, the little video because we're gonna wrap it up, but I just wanna close with this little, this uh, why listen to God? Because of who he is and because you can hear. And you will have an exciting life if you'll know who he is through Jesus Christ. You can receive him today. If you've never, if you don't have that intimate relationship with him, his, his arms are open. His, the invitation is there, come. Just come and ask for, for forgiveness and just say, I, I just don't want to live for myself. And I don't want to be indifferent towards you. And, 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 and that in itself is sin. And, and I've missed the mark. But Lord, I've come to you and I believe, Jesus, you died for my sins. And forgive me and connect me back with you. Come into my heart. Change my life. I declare from now on I'm yours. And you're born again. The Holy Spirit comes to live within you. It's a supernatural event. It's not a mental ascent to a belief system. It's an encounter with God through Jesus Christ. And then I want you to know that you can, every one of you can hear him. And begin to make that your confession. Lord, I want to hear you. I want to hear your voice. I've come in to ask you questions because I need answers, but I believe that you have solutions, that you care, you're a good father, you understand, you care, you know, and faith comes. Let's stand.